Welcome everyone to the next Caterpillar podcast. It's only Chad and myself this week. We wanted to invite Drak, but unfortunately where he is, it doesn't have a stable internet connection. So that is postponed until likely next week. Indeed. So we're going to talk about uh, some of the things we were going to, well, most of the things we were going to talk about anyway, but we were going to have Drak to talk about the actual history of of some of the designs that uh in one case an actual ship uh that's been announced but uh yeah sadly that'll have to wait till next week so so tonight's focus is just pixel boats and not real boats i guess indeed which brings us to the start like the new announced ships which uh includes the new hybrid line Hybrid battleships. I mean, there are only three of them. Indeed. So, yeah, it's a side branch similar to some of the others we've had added. Um, in fact, it's similar to the uh, the slow battleships, in, I suppose, in that it's, you know, tiers 8, 9, and 10. Uh, so if you really like your American battleships, there's even more American battleships, but these ones have planes as well, because more planes. Not not so just good. not just planes. Actually, uh, a fun fact that I noticed is these ships will come equipped with a standard depth charge airstrike. If testing of this armament of the American branch of reasonable hybrid battleships is successful, we will consider adding this armament to the hybrid ships already present in the game. Just you now, know, very generous of them, right? So generous. <laughs> now, no I mention have... of Dutch ships, of course. Of course, wouldn't go that far. So, I have a few questions with this sentence. Like, if testing of the armament is successful, what what, what do you need to test, right? You like depth charge airstrikes are a thing. You just need to put them on the ships. How could that not be successful? It's like, do do they need to? Find it on the four key, and they aren't sure if they can count to four. Is that the problem? Like, where could there be any testing needed or any problem? It's it's also sad that they consider giving depth charge airstrikes to battleships after they've already announced them for carriers. Like carriers got depth charges before the hybrids. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a it bit is a sad. bit yeah I mean it's, it's it's I don't know it's hardly going to make them overpowered I would think somehow <laughs> yeah like, I, I don't know what the rationale was for not giving them depth charges to begin with but then I'm not wargaming and apparently I don't think like other designers do so yeah. I've got no idea, by the way, this is one of the things we're hoping to have Drac talk about, if, if this line has any... Um, as far as I know, it's just versions of North Carolina, Iowa, and uh, Montana, I think, just looking at the bounds, or... I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, the last... I, I don't know if, if this is them looking at uh, uh, actual... What was the name? It was like Gibson Cox, I think, um, that made the proposals for the the hybrids that 
that we saw with uh, the Kiasage being in the game already. So uh, I don't know if they have further proposals or if this is Wargaming just kind of extrapolating from those and using the existing tech tree ships with the uh, the hybrid flight deck. I mean, I mean, they you know. state that the the tier ten is based on the Montana and the tier nine on the Iowa, uh, but obviously we don't know if that's that's if some real people came up with the idea if Wargaming was just you yeah. know what I mean, it, it's possible because there were people having wacky thoughts like that at various points, up including until the 1990s, where there was the idea that they would turn Iowa or a proposal that Iowa would be turned into a like a sort of semi-carrier for Harrier jump jets. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's, there, there is an actual history of this wacky hybrid design idea, but uh, whether it was considered for these exact ships, I don't know. Drac might know. So, uh, yeah, what is interesting, though, is that I think I and probably a lot of other people had assumed that, that the idea of hybrids was going to be limited to uh, premium ships because there's at least one or two other Japanese cruisers that could be hybrids, and, and um, possibly for other nations you could. I mean, there, there was the idea of having a, a catapult on a Fletcher class, so you, know, <laughs> you could go completely wacky and have a Fletcher class hybrid. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know if. Uh, if if this is what the game specially needed, but it does have that that flavor of wargaming having come up with a gimmick and then deciding to spin out that gimmick into an actual line of ships, or in this case, a side branch of ships. So I, I guess we'll have to see how they actually compare to their counterparts. I mean, at least they've chosen the faster versions of the ships rather than giving us like hybrid Kansas, hybrid Minnesota, and hybrid Vermont. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just looking. The, the Nebraska seems to have quite a lot. Uh, what, what are the hit points of like uh, North Carolina? Let's see. North Carolina is sixty-six thousand. Interestingly, like in Nebraska has more hit points than that. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's um, probably about the same guns, just less of them. Yeah, I think. I'm just looking at things like range and whatnot, but I'm pretty sure that is the same 45 caliber Mark VI 16-inch guns. Uh, not that much of a shorter reload, considering you've only got those two forward turrets. Well, I mean, the idea is that you make up for it with planes, I guess. Also, I mean, yeah. having both turrets forward super-firing means you can be nosing, like... So that, that makes it easy to angle in a sense. The range is slightly worse than North Carolina as well. But you will be able to boost that because, of course, the US battleships have a, a different equipment setup than most other lines. True. And they're able to have the, uh, the range upgrade in the, th the third slot. Although it doesn't make that... Like, you have 22.7, right? I don't think you need to... Yeah, you probably... Like, considering how slow the US 16-inch shells generally are, 
I mean, certainly if, it, if they behave like the North Carolina shells, then they take a while to get anywhere. So having super long range isn't that useful against anything other than stationary targets, basically. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that stands out. I mean, it's probably got better AA, although North Carolina already has got good AA. I mean... <laughs> Well, you know, be- better. Air quotes, uh, good AA. <laughs> um, okay, it looks like they've packed in more on the close-range AA, and then it's worse otherwise. Yeah, the, the outer flak is about the same. It's pretty much identical. The mid-range is uh worse by about 100 more than 100 dps like 150 dps less but then they've basically added that 150 into the close range it doesn't do anything because it's two kilometers and by that point the enemy has already dropped so yeah overall that that might actually be considered less useful even if the overall aa value is probably roughly the same Now, the aircraft that you have are dive bombers. I have no idea how they compare to, like, other US dive bombers. you got high explosive. Yeah. Uh, what would be the thing to compare them to? Lexington, I guess? Let me bring up Lexington. And you have a two-minute reload? Yeah, and, and, I- and of course, uh, if they follow the pattern of dive bombers from... Um, well, planes from other hybrids, you're never going to run out. It's always just going to be relying on the, the cooldown, basically. Right. Yeah, so... I, I also find it funny that they state some, uh, in the beginning that they have a very long cooldown on those, which apparently is two minutes. I mean, I suppose it means you can't completely spam them out, but yeah. Uh, these, these aircraft are not available to activate at the beginning of a battle and are subject to a significant preparation time, which is two minutes. They're quite slow. They're slower than either of Lexington's dive bombers. And it looks like the damage is a bit less as well. Um, it's also, I'm just looking at the, for some reason they've put the, they've not separated that out very well in terms of spacing, but yeah, maximum speed 30 knots. I'm pretty sure that's faster than North Carolina, actually. Um, it might well be that all the flight deck and everything is like less heavy than, (laughs) than, uh, the extra two turrets and all the associated machinery. I mean, the question is, is it, is it actually based on North Cal? Because they don't say, Nebraska, they don't say what it's based on, right? For Delaware, yeah, they say it, it's, it's an Iowa, and for the Louisiana, it they say it's in Montana. might be some kind of, again, Drac might, well, probably will know better than us, but it might well be some kind of preliminary uh, like Iowa design or something like that, rather than the actual North Carolina. 
It's hard to know. The bow doesn't exactly look right for the North Carolina. But it doesn't have that Iowa bow. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Yeah, it does. It's got the same... I don't know. Similar-ish sort of bulge, but it's kind of awkward to, like, it's not an exact profile shot. But the turrets seem like they're in more or less the right position, so my guess, my best guess is still North Carolina's hull. Possibly. And then obviously, you know, you can't really take anything from the superstructure because that's in a... Yeah, yeah, that, that's been changed around a lot. Yeah. I mean, it just it, it has more hit points apparently and it seems to be faster, but it sort of has the same guns. Yeah, I it might be they've they've made up the aircraft stats essentially. Cause uh, I mean we know from the other existing hybrids in game that they they don't really correspond to the aircraft carrier planes. Uh I mean even just looking yeah. at what the Ranger has, they're still slower planes than Rangers planes. Oh, actually, no, wait, I'm looking at the... Aaron shows the maximum... Oh, no, wait, okay, no, yes, yes, cruising speed, 135, <laughs> yes, they are slower. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to... I mean, those starts are just in testing anyway, so they might all change. I know what's confusing me. It's because in the client, it only shows the maximum speed. It doesn't show the cruising speed. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm actually going to have to hunt through. I mean, they, they all might change anyway, I suppose. I mean, you'd also have to okay, check right. how many... I've... Uh, uh, like planes drop in one drop and how many pumps they drop and so on uh, um, it probably be one bomb uh, oh no wait it says there are two bombs yeah it's two bombs and it's like five planes so you get ten bombs yeah right looking at the dive bombers it still doesn't have the speed stats. Where are we? Right, this is laid out slightly confusingly. So I'm comparing like the the planes down to the higher. Interestingly, they have one not less max. I wonder if they're typos there, right? Because when you go to the tier 9, they they have more hit points, have the same cruising speed. They have one not less maximum speed. That makes very little sense. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. little... 
So there might just be typos. In the otherwise, they seem to do the same damage and so on. So basically, they're the same planes than the tier higher with just more hit points. I think that's what they did with the... They were essentially the same planes on the Ize and the Tone, and they just sort of changed the hit points. And Oh, wait, the maximum speed reduces one further, not when you go to tier 10. But they get one more plane. <laughs> that's <laughs> such a weird way of balancing it. Right, I think I've brought up the correct thing. So the bombs are definitely nerfed compared to Lexington's um, Helldiver bombers. Uh, I don't know how they compare to the stock Dauntless bombers. I think they're still worse. Yeah, okay, so uh, cruising speed 125 knots, maximum speed 160 knots for Lexington's upgraded planes. So these are actually going to be a little bit faster. Okay, right. It was weirdly difficult to dig out that information and it wasn't even in the client. So that was useful. I mean, does, does Lexington have HE bombers? Uh, yes. I believe it's Enterprise that has the Ah. AP bombers on the US side. I can't remember about Saipan, but I'm pretty certain Enterprise is AP bombers. Yeah, Enterprise and the rest are all, I believe, high explosive. AP bombers are generally, you know, the Japanese and um, most of the, the German CVs as well. Yeah, I mean, we will have to see. I mean, uh, there, there are, the, the weirdest part is that they reduce the maximum speed by one knot to 40 or 9 and then one knot further 40 or 10, but otherwise they seem to be somewhat the same lanes on each tier. Just the hit points rise with each tier and the Tier 10 has one more aircraft, I think, in its squadron. It, it's, they definitely don't have quite as good fire chance as... I mean, it's still a pretty good fire chance, but it's a bit less than the 52% of the Helldiver, and that's obviously going to be... Yeah, but how many, how many planes drop in a Helldiver, and how many bombs do they drop? Uh, for that, it's, I think, three planes per attacking flight and two bombs. Yeah, but the year you have five planes, so, no. Yes. But, of course, with the, like, the Lexington theory, you can come around and do another drop of another, you know. Yeah, I mean, speed. and you, you will have a full drop even if you lose planes while here, obviously. Yeah. If you actually shoot down a plane, it will reduce the damage. Yeah, it's kind of hard to compare like with like because, I mean, the only thing... I mean, really, what I should be looking at is the Kearsarge, I suppose. <laughs> Instead of looking at... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, okay, that's a fair carriers. enough point. Let me bring that up. See what the Kearsarge's planes are like. Uh, although, of course, that, okay, I'd forgotten that is using the Tiny Tim rocket 
aircraft. Yeah, I mean, you know, they are all subject to change. We'll have to see how offensive Indeed. or not these airstrikes are. I mean, it's even possible that they don't stay being HE bombers. Um, for those that don't remember, Tone and Ize went through, I think they had several test versions where it was different types of attack squads on each of the versions. So it may not be set in stone even that they're, HE bombers, but I guess we'll see. You know, I've just seen something interesting. So apparently the Luciana has two times three 406mm guns and then one times four 406mm guns. So it, do they have like the, the two times three in the front and then they have a four barrel turret in the rear? Uh... That's a very good question. I can only assume it must be because I can't really see. The, yeah, the picture of Louisiana. It's. I mean, the Delaware also seems to have some rear guns, right? The Delaware has one times two and then two times three, so apparently. While the, the Nebraska has only forward-facing armament, the others have some weird, different turrets in the back. I yeah, that's going to be kind of funky to look at. I don't think we've ever seen a single-barrel battleship-caliber gun on any other ship. Um, I mean, there were examples of that in 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 real life. But, uh, yeah, I don't... I'm struggling to think in-game. I don't think we have anything like that. I mean, there was the... Um, probably the most famous example is, is the... Um, prior to their outfitting or um, conversion to aircraft carriers, the uh, single-barreled 18-inch gunned uh, British battle cruisers of the Royal Navy, <laughs> which basically <laughs> had... Um, I, I, I've, I've hardly expected to see them in World of Warships at some point for years now, but yeah, like basically zero armor and then a single fore-and-aft turret with like one 18-inch gun in. So yeah, they were kind of wacky. I think it's it's one turret with two guns, with two powers. Yeah, I think on the tier but, nine. The and, tier... and the other one is one turret with four barrels. Yes. Also, oh, you yes. Know, okay, yeah, that, that's that's my brain catching up with that one by four. Not okay. you know well, what's also weird is right. They all, they all have four hundred and six millimeter guns, but uh, the, the range is like. 22.7 with 2 sigma, and then it's 21.6 with 1.9 sigma. Yeah, I don't And then it's get... 22.8 with 1.9 sigma. It doesn't entirely... Like, that smacks of <laughs> they've derived these from some kind of algorithm or formula or something like that. Because... Yeah, but... uh, 
Yeah, it doesn't. From a progression standpoint, it makes no sense at all. Like the the shell velocity seems to be no wait the he shell velocity is the same. The IP shell velocity is different. Well, it's different for, for the T8. The T9 and the T10 have the same. So, like, those gun stats make no sense because they're technically the same guns and, like, the damage or so is the same. Um, the dispersion is only different because it's a different range, so the dispersion should be the same. The Sigma is different. Uh, HE shell velocity is the same. The IP shell velocity is different. The range is, it's it, it makes no bloody sense. <laughs> yeah, in it's terms of the shell damage, I'm pretty sure it's just the standard 16 inch US. Yeah, but yeah, it it it, it, it is odd. Like the, the progression doesn't entirely make sense i mean it makes as little sense as like moving the maximum speed like one knot when you go up it here from the planes yeah so let's just assume that maybe an intern typed those stats and not take them all too seriously because honestly either they were utterly wasted when they came up with those or they are just typos it's that's always also a possibility Just looking at these two as well, I mean, for, I don't know why they decided the the tier 8 needed to have its AA DPS shifted towards the the close range stuff, but that then isn't true at tier 9 or tier 10 either, where it goes back to being concentrated in the mid-range. So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh... I mean, they are all pyramids, but it, uh, you can't help but feel that somebody didn't take them too seriously while writing them. Kind of hard to look at them and take them seriously. Even if these actually existed as semi-serious proposals by Gibson Cox, <laughs> it's still kind of hard to take them seriously. So, I mean... I don't know what else to say other than more hybrids. Yeah, wait, wait and see. I haven't found the hybrid so far. That I mean, it's it always comes down to that the spotting is obviously annoying. So far, hybrids haven't been popular enough that I have been really concerned about them. But we will see. Like the more hybrids there are, the more asynchronous matchmaking will get because the more like one team will have planes and the others not and with how powerful spotting is in the hands of a good player that could be a, an issue I guess but we'll, we'll yeah. have to see then in, in other news a tier 3 Pan-Asian cruiser has been announced yeah now I'm sure I'm sure Drac will have something to say about this because this is uh, I think the only one in this lineup, apart from Alliance, which we'll get to, um, well, the only 
surface ship, shall we say, out of this announced lineup that actually existed. And I know a little about it in that uh, it was the Republic of China Navy ship prior to World War II, um, ordered in either the late 20s or the early 30s. And uh, I think it's, it's a, I think it was built in Japan, which is why it uses the 140 millimeter guns. Uh, yeah, it, it says a compact light cruiser built in Japan. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, it does say that. So, uh, yeah, basically this and its sister ship were pretty much the only modern surface units that um, the Republic of China Navy had prior to Japan declaring war, of, war on them in 1937. And uh, considering the fact that Japan had quite a big navy and that uh, China basically had those two ships and I think a couple of like extremely antiquated uh, like protected cruisers or something like that yeah they didn't they they weren't able to put up much of a fight so um they were actually both of them sunk and i think both refloated and used by japan for at least then part of the war it's interesting that it's at tier 3 uh, I just thought maybe it would, uh, if it was going to appear in the game, it would appear at Tier 4. Uh, tier 5 would definitely be a stretch, but... Um, I mean, yeah. I, I have to tell you, I have no idea about Tier 3 stats, so I, I can look at those stats and I can know... I, I don't know. <laughs> I um, think it's been I mean, two years since I've played Tier 3. 13.7 is uh, just not even comparing that, but I, I, I suspect that is a really good range for a Tier 3. Probably. Um, it's also the first Tier 3 Premium we've seen in a while. So it's yeah. also notable for that. Uh, yeah, Wargaming... Like seconds. Wargaming doesn't uh, like to do low tiers these days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the 6mm plating, I have no idea what you'd expect at Tier 3. It doesn't sound like a lot, though. No, but I mean, you have also lots of very, uh, very thinly armoured things at that tier. Yeah, but that's that's going to be overmatched by everyone. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at things like the Oleg and the Bogatir and the Aurora, and those are all 6mm plating as well, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, as I said, I haven't played Tier 3, I think, in two years or such. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you don't get really any armor to work with at that tier. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it is not the... Uh, the the range of the guns so we'll see we'll see if this this stays as is um the fact that it does have long range guns plus actually what look like pretty decent torpedoes for tier three i mean the the biggest issue is that nobody plays tier three unfortunately yes. I, I, like when uh there was this uh Back when Wargaming was still doing campaigns right they had this campaign where you then had missions to play like tier three and such uh, that was the last time I tried to play a lower tier ship. And back then, even though they had released a campaign where I needed to play three tier ships at prime time, it took me like three minutes to find a game that was half filled with bots. I was like, yeah, maybe not. Like, if it at least got your games rather quickly, but like just staring at the matchmaker and was it even three minutes or is it longer that it takes until it finally decides to give you a match? 
about three to five minutes in matchmaker just on fun. No, no. I suppose that's fair. So, yeah, I think this one is more of historical interest than anything yeah. else. Uh, I suspect this one, uh, <laughs> like, they're not going to see huge sales of it, but it, it's maybe more calculated to uh, appeal to the, perhaps the, well, I was going to say perhaps the Chinese server, but then on the other hand, this is, you know, the the Chi- the, the ROCN uh, <laughs> rather than, I mean... of course, the later communists. <laughs> Chinese Navy, so it's possible that it won't be uh, sold. <laughs> maybe it's going to be... I, I mean, maybe it's going to be a reward for, you know, uh, in the future or something like that. It might be a hit in Taiwan, but I don't know how big of a player base World of Warships has in Taiwan, so that would be quite a specific thing. Well... Next, they have a Pan-Asian battleship, uh, Sun Yat-sen. Now, this is definitely not being sold with that name in in, uh, in the Chinese uh, region. Uh, yeah, because he was the basically the founder of the the the, uh, the, the Republic of China. So, uh, yeah, if it does get sold on the Chinese server, it's going to be under a completely different name. And it also just looks like it's a uh, another Pan Asian copy paste alongside the uh, God. What the other ones they put in, which made no sense. I mean, there is an Isumo that's uh, yes, there's the Isumo, and there is a, a French cruiser. Uh, there's the Wujing, which is French battleship. Uh, the Sanzang, which is uh, a Saipan. <laughs> so, yeah, it's far from the first time that they have put in yeah. one that just doesn't particularly make any sense, that's just a copy-paste. Yeah, this the time they took uh, a Soyuz and slapped a different flag on it. Although, I suppose it has a regular damage con, right? So it's it's probably a, a Russian just with a regular damage con. Yeah, they may have changed the dispersion curve. I mean, they they particularly talk about accepting the gunnery department. You know, similar to Sovetsky Soyuz, except that. So, yeah, uh, it's it's possible it, it's just um, standard battleship curve rather than uh, anything else. With the uh, help also, of with the help of just... defensive fire, she can definitely fend off enemy squadrons. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. They keep mm. pretending like that actually will do anything most of the time, which it, it does not. Where's Sovetsky Soyuz? Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, it's. She um, says just pointed out that the guns are bigger than the Soyuz. Yes, the, okay, I, I was thinking it was tickling my brain. I was sure Sovetsky Soyuz has triples, and it does. Got triple sixteens, so that's why the gun's different because it's using twin four fifty sevens, which are of course what you find on the tier ten. Okay, so it's not quite copy and paste. It does offer something a bit different. Yeah, more overmatched tier nine. Yes. I mean, I'm not entirely opposed to when they they have sort of 
ship variations that that can do something that that uh, isn't quite covered by the the tech tree or whatever. But in this case, I'm not sure this really qualifies. <laughs> but I guess it's a step up from being just a complete copy and paste, which is what we've had previously. Well, or even minor variations like Bashi. You're true. I mean, the, the question, of course, is how balanced is it? We'll have to see. I mean, this is all a subject to change, of course. We'll, we'll have to see just how devastating those counts are this year. Yeah, it's only 1.8 Sigma, which is quite standard. Uh, but on the other side, it does have a base 26-second reload, which uh, will be able to be boosted to, what, like 22 seconds-ish? Something like that. It also has, like, the good tra traverse. It's the Russian yeah, so you won't, you won't have any penalty for, for taking that module in the, in the sixth slot, having, uh, was it, like, a minus 15% to your turret traverse? Something like that. Yeah, okay. Well, at least it's not super stealthy or anything like that. Well, I suppose we'll have to see. There is one further ship announced. The Hector. And that's yes. something that Chuck will have a lot to say yeah, about. Yeah, he was, he was particularly keen to talk about this one and, and will be next week. Um, the, basically, the bare essentials are that uh, this is from the same series of proposals that led to HMS Dido. It's, it's the same 5.25-inch slash 133-millimeter turret, but it's got quite a funky arrangement. So it's got four on the front, three on the back, but two of the front ones are side by side. So it, it has a slightly wacky look to it. It looks like something I design in Ultimate Admiral uh, Dreadnoughts, <laughs> basically. Um, it's also going to be quite high tier as well. It's going to be tier nine. So, yeah. There's, there's, it's entirely possible. I mean, there were several of these designs, so it's entirely possible we might see another of these. Um, uh, what were they? The K25, I think he said, designs um, that ends up in the the Royal Navy tree because this is going to be a, a Commonwealth. Uh, so, uh, unsurprisingly, quite a short range, although. I mean, 15.6 isn't that short these days, is yeah, it? Yeah, better than you might expect, considering they are very small caliber guns. I mean, better than, like, for example, the Panations. And this is a tier where you can put in range mod if you want more. Indeed. And you do have a crawling smoke. Yes. So that could be uh, unpleasant, although it's more easy to counter than, say, the Perth at tier 6, because there's you're much more likely to be running into radars in a tier nine than you are in a tier six. True. Uh, but you yeah, have so, like good concealment and torps. It's also fast, 34 knots. Good turning radius. 
Uh, yeah, this is going. This one's going to be quite sneaky, but I mean, it's also going to be incredibly fragile. <laughs> I expect. I mean, true, but you know, if 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 like the, I mean, the range for such a light cruiser is pretty decent. Considering yeah. it's going to be pretty good, yeah. and the crawling smoke. There is potential here, I think. So yeah, twenty-two mil penetration, eight percent fire chance, uh, six point seven second reload. So not super fast. It's not going to be a crawling Smolensk, but uh, that's still not bad. It's also got some torp tubes as well with um, some pretty respectable damage. Yeah, and I mean, you you, you can stealth torp technically with 10 range. I mean, 10.5 yeah. base concealment plus like module and captain's kill. It may like be horrible torp drop so. angles. But looking at where the torps are actually placed on the hull, they actually might be reasonably decent. Actually, you know, you wait with, with like the module and the cap, you get it down by like twenty percent, right? So it would be what like eight four or something. That'd be less than nine from a base of ten kilometers, maybe. Get out a calculator and do the maths. It's the only way I built it. There's no way I can figure it out in my head. <laughs> but it's going to be sneaky. Yeah, it might be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I quite like to take out the Dido from time to time. It's it's. Um, although to be honest, I kind of prefer the Ramatch just because of the Pan Asian smokes. Even though in some ways it's a, a bit less good. Anyway. It's interesting. It's interesting to, to see such a unique design in the game. And uh, like I said, maybe we'll see others in the UK tree at some point. 20% would you feel less? I mean, not quite, right? If you had 20% less from 10, you'd go down to 8, right? But it's 10.5, so you go down to exactly about 8.4. It doesn't look like it's going to have particularly good AA. I mean, nothing has. Even though these are all dual-purpose guns, it actually has pretty weak long-range AA. I mean, you're not going to mount defensive fire anyway. Thankfully, you can mount hydro. So with the crawling yeah. smoke and the hydro... I mean, you know, if, if planes come for you, you die on your smoke or you're dead. Just like all the other ships out there. The air detectability is pretty good at 7.4. I mean, for a cruiser, that's pretty good. And, uh, of course, wouldn't be wargaming if they hadn't also announced a submarine! Yeah, Us. so we, we already knew, they'd already announced the tech tree of British subs, so now they've decided they're going to do a, a premium to follow that up with. Um, I know offhand that this is actually a museum ship in the UK, much like Belfast, so that's probably why they chose it specifically. Uh, but I also, I'm pretty sure it's a Cold War design. Uh, Amphion class, so post-World War II. And served well into the 70s, apparently. 
Okay, they were ordered during the war. I'm just perusing Wikipedia right now. <laughs> I honestly don't know much about it other than it's a, a, sub, a, a, a museum submarine mm-hmm. in uh, Gosport. So yeah, I suppose it's it's one of the later classes of subs that we have in game. But I mean, then I suppose you look at the 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 US tier ten, and it's basically the the sort of midlife upgrades, the refits. They did the was it Guppy program or Guppy two or whatever it was. And they added a bunch more modern equipment to them. I mean, wargaming is probably going to drown us in premium submarines in short order. Yeah, I'm sure the the flood bat, the floodgates are just kind of. I'm sure they've got a big long list somewhere of premium subs they'd love to add. Yeah, they've probably been working on premium subs for years. So yeah, this one apparently is going to have both acoustic and standard torps, which the tech tree won't. Uh, but the acoustic tops are going to be, it says, extremely slow. So let's have a look at the stats. How slow is extremely slow? 42 knots. That That is, that is slow. I'm curious. If you had a race between the USS Black's torpedoes and that, which would be slower? Let's have a look. Uh, the Black would win. Like that. that has 45 knot torpedoes. Oh. These might be the slowest torps at high tier in the game. No idea about low tier torps. But yeah, 42 knots, that's, that's basically walking pace. Yeah, but they, they home better than others. And they are only detected 1.1 kilometer away. Yeah. It's also going to have both bow and stern tubes. Maximum speed, 31 knots. Okay, let's look up how, cla- how, how fast this class were in real life. Just how, <laughs> how completely off the mark are we? Yeah, I mean- Surface speed, 18.5 knots. Submerged speed, 8 knots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the thing is, they say that because they are so slow, you'll have more time to wait them, but they are so sneaky that you barely can see them unless they are on top of you, and they say they home better than other torps and correct the co- a course longer, like, uh, like even closer to your ship. So, those torps yeah, are going to be nasty graces. to deal with. The only seven graces, they only do 5k damage most, uh, at most. Sure, weak. but you have 30 second reload, and how many torps do you have? Yeah, yeah. So like the individual hits might not be that bad, but if it ends up being like the submarine version of the Benham, it could be actually quite painful to come up against one. I mean, yeah, like you're gonna launch quite a lot of those, and yeah. See, the, the biggest downside of slow torpedoes, like in the black, is that they take so long to get to the target that by the time they are there, the enemy's probably done something that you didn't expect. But it doesn't matter with homing, right? So it doesn't matter what the enemy does because they keep homing. So, you know, and 
if if black torpedoes are on spot, they can be really scary. Because black torpedoes don't give you a lot of reaction time, usually, unless you're hiding them or something. But those are torps that, you know, they, they take a while, but once they show up, they're going to be on point because they're homing. Yeah, and they've got a 10-kilometer range. And as chat points out, um, that, uh, uh, yeah, they've got more runtime, essentially. So yeah, sometimes yeah. actually having slower torpedoes can be an advantage in terms of um, trying to get someone that's I'm trying to think of a specific situation, but sometimes it's an advantage having like, like knowing they're going to take longer to get there means they have more time to like an enemy ship has more time to sail into range of them kind of thing. Whereas quick um, running torpedoes like the, the Swedish ones, uh, they, they, you know, you, you drop them, but they get to the edge of their track well before the enemy ship can intercept them sort of thing. So, yeah, well, I think what, what Peaches and Chet also means is like because they're homing, uh, if they are very slow, they can always be basically perfectly aimed because torpedoes also have like a turning circle, right? If they're very fast torps, they don't have much time to make corrections because they're so fast. But the slower they are, mm. the, the easier they can correct the path. So by the time they are going to be visible to you, they will be perfectly aligned on where you're going, right? It won't be overshooting or anything like that because you made a fast maneuver. And that, that, that's also the thing, right? If you're trying to outmaneuver them, right? What you usually do is you have torps coming for you with speed and then you try to maybe slow down and make a turn and hope that they go by your nose when the tracking stops. But those torps, like if you make a maneuver like this, they will just, you know, just very slowly correct and correct and correct. And, you know, it, it's going to be really hard to outmaneuver them because they are so slow. Potentially, yeah. Unless, of course, you're faster. So the clear solution is you only play ships that are faster than 42 knots. <laughs> yeah, there's not that many of them. It's slow for a torpedo, but it's bloody fast for a ship. It's what, French and some Soviet destroyers? Uh, I don't know if there's even any cruisers that go that fast. There might be with speed boosts. Yeah. Not sure how fast you can get the Frenchies. Well, and uh, I think that basically concludes the new ships. But there is more. There is a death block about uh, the early access to Japan and some other stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, so, so it's quite a long dev blog, actually. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it has a lot of pictures, I guess. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, we are starting off with a picture of the new well, premium camel for the, uh, for the new light cruisers. Yeah, that, the, uh, the early access camo, if we can call it that, which looks okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the theme is. Dawn Harmony. Uh, so, is it? I mean, I like. I like the the, more, the forward half of the camera, and then I don't know. I feel like I did the. I mean, it's it's hard because you can't rotate the ship, 
but I feel yeah, like they should yeah, have stayed with two colors, right? They should have done red and black or red and this this beige or whatever it is, right? Yeah, like for I example, can't figure out if, if it's meant to be representative of like an actual, you know, sunrise somehow, or I honestly don't know. In which case, where does the red at the back fit in? Um, um, why is there no? I don't know. It 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 doesn't. I don't quite know what they're going for with that camo. I don't hate it. It's got less oh, silly stuff stuck on the ship than some of the other early access camos, but I'm not entirely sure what, what kind of idea they're going for with that. I mean, I don't hate it either. I think, like, the front part is really nice. I like the, the like, golden... I'm not sure what this is supposed to be, but there's, like, this golden trim in the front, and then the black that also, like, mostly covers the turret, but not quite. Like, this this part is, I think, pretty amazing. Then we go into this spacious area, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And then we go into this thread, and I feel like maybe you didn't need to have three colors. But in more exciting graphical news, there have been lots of uh, port and map, lots of overhauls. Yeah, this is this is going to be the latest tranche of those. So Zipangu is getting an overhaul. And then there's a whole bunch of pictures of uh, Mountain Range, North Strait, Estuary, and Northern Lights. And there's lots of uh, new textures and all the other things they've added, new details, buildings. Northern Lights yeah. in particular, they have overhauled well, they've added a new, um, what do they call it? Like a, a sky shader. There we go. A new shader for the Aurora effect, which actually does look really very nice. I mean, I also like the, the ruins that they added and the, the, the giant whale on north. Some of, the, some of the extra little details do look quite nice. For some reason, Estuary has like a South American step temple on one of the islands. Um, and also what looks like a carved, I don't know, is that like South American or is that Chinese, that kind of dragon head? Um, like it's supposed to be like a jaguar or something? I don't know. I don't know. Also, it seems like uh, a straight is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> And do you see the detail? Like they have an actual plane that's dropping water on the fire, so it, it's like an out of control fire that they're trying to. It's an interesting, uh, an interesting little touch. So yeah, they, they, they're starting to look more like fantasy maps than than actual places. But I guess they always kind of did a bit it's just they're adding more of those those details in yeah and i i think they they all look pretty good if they make sense is a different question but you know we already have like the uh the mystical tree on on two brothers right why not have other stuff on other maps i am slightly sad that uh 
they they have that that no battleship sign. Like if they were going to add new graphics, they could have had like some flashing lights around that. <laughs> maybe kind of like some RGB lighting and maybe some spotlights illustrating it. Maybe some more arrows pointing at the no battleship sign. It doesn't speak- actually make any difference, but you never know. Speaking of lights, it looks like the light tom is uh, the, the lighthouse is actually admit t- uh, is actually having a light. Projecting a light. That would on be cool lights. if it was, yeah, an animated light that was uh, rotating. I mean, it's it's obviously hard to see on the screenshot, but there's definitely light coming from that lighthouse. One temple looks like the Jedi Academy and Charming Four. I mean, who knows? Uh, so as we are talking about pretty things, so apparently ships can now actually be wet. Yeah. Uh, now this is this is uh, a thing that's been in World of Tanks for a while, where if you basically ford your way through some water, you kind of see a, a kind of waterline mark. Basically, it, it it makes the the texture of the the tanks uh, hull darker, and I'm guessing that's what they're aiming for here. It's a, a little unclear from the picture, I guess, because there's all the spray in the way. And that, that is a thing, actually, that that, that they uh, are also improving, as they say, the, the kind of disturbed water textures are, are going to be uh, uh, made more realistic looking, which I'm guessing includes oh. a bit more sort of uh, spray coming up from the bows. So, yeah, I, I, as you are... Uh, powering your way through the water, it, it'll make the sides of the ship look a bit more uh, wet. Although I don't like that. The example they, one of the example pictures they have, uh, it, it looks overly shiny to me. But then I'm guessing that is one of the steel camos, so it's probably shiny to begin with. It's kind of hard to tell from that one example if they're using yeah. a very shiny camo. Yeah, we we would have to see this like in game and see how it looks. And also, a lot of it depends on the light, right? So on on the map yeah. and where the light comes from. So this is one of those things where it, it sounds nice in in theory, but it might end up not looking fantastic. But I guess we'll see. It's a nice little detail, I suppose. If it if it's uh, something that looks all right, then. The next thing that has been announced is a battle pass, because what has this game been missing? Answer is clearly a battle pass. Yes, a new way to get money from people. Even if you already have a premium account and you buy premium ships, they now want to sell you a battle pass. Again, this is a thing Will of Tanks has been doing for a while, and it's almost surprising it's taken this long to come to World of Warships. But uh, you were speculating just before we started that maybe just the fact that there is sort of Almost effectively, um, new management directing the the game as a whole. That maybe maybe that's why it, it's now sort of you can almost see it's being brought into line with uh, with the monetization in 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 World of, uh, World of Tanks. So I don't think there's anything there that's that's radically different from any other battle pass in any other game, just based on what they've they've written. You're going to have basically the free track and the premium track. And you'll what's, get various things from each of them. 
What's important to notice is that they say the free chain will include all the rewards the player could receive for daily, weekly, monthly combat missions before the release of the Battle Pass. They don't say it's exclusively that, but basically what they're saying is all that you get now in missions is will all just be thrown into the Battle Pass. So it doesn't sound like you get any more stuff for free. It's just yeah, that where you get your free stuff is going to be like in the Battle Pass. If that's yeah, if that's how they're going to if they're going to remove I mean I guess they are, they're going to remove all the kind of recurring weekly, monthly missions and uh Yes. Stick it in the battle pass because that that's instead of people playing towards a mission goal, that's then people having to basically log in every day to Which is the entire point of a battle pass is to create this this kind of um idea in players that, that, that you know, that to form the habit of you got to log in every day and get the battle pass stuff and get your, your daily whatever. And, uh, and then of course, they're hoping to sell the premium version on top of that for people to get more stuff besides. Yeah, and I so, mean, they, um, they say they even throw research points and steel in there, so they are going to basically yeah. be selling research points and steel in the future. In, in yes. Arguably, they've sold steel in the past in a roundabout way, but this is going to be the yeah. first time that they've more directly sold steel. So, so basically what they're going to do is they take all the stuff that you now get for free and they're going to... St- if you're the same stuff in a different interface while offering the option to pay money to get other stuff. You know, the thing is, I'm not really opposed to a generally battle pass idea in a video game. The problem is that Wargaming is just... There is just everything seems to be monetized these days. When, when Wargaming started out, right, as a World of Warships, we had basically premium time and we had uh, premium ships, right? And now we have uh, all new releases in early access that are monetized and that you can buy. We have uh, auctions. We have constantly some loot boxes that you can buy. We have the the dockyards. We we are now getting the battle pass. It's like, yeah, I mean, maybe even arguably. Double dipped with with perma camos now, with uh, effectively yeah. decreasing the value of them, but leaving the price basically the same beyond the first one that you buy. Yeah, so. and they, they now they sell you like the full price camo almost, and sell you the economic bonus separately. So even that has been even more monetized than it was. Yeah, and it's just sad, you know. Like on its own, I wouldn't mind a battle pass, but we don't need all of this monetization together and something that I think I've also said in the past, like the dockyard is almost already in a sort of battle pass because it's it's a thing where you basically you do your weekly missions and you progress through it and then you get some stuff when you progress. There isn't quite a premium track, but since you can't complete it for free, the premium track is sort of, you know, you, you have to buy the last stages, right, to get the full rewards. So while it's not quite a battle pass, the, the dockyard has been kind of Warship's version of a battle pass. But, you know, why not Closest have thing both? we've had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just sad, you know, honestly. It, it feels like that the 
With every bad decision that Wargaming makes gameplay-wise, they probably lose players. So then they come up with a new monetization to compensate for that. It feels like this, right? That they, they make a bad decision gameplay-wise, and then they come up with a new monetization. They make a bad decision gameplay-wise, and the next monetization gets added. They make a bad decision gameplay-wise, and the next monetization gets added. And that's basically describes the last few years, I think. Yeah, and it might be also quite benign in concept, but it, it depends what they decide to do with it in future as well. I mean, if you look at what they first started doing when loot boxes came to World of Warships versus all the different kinds of loot boxes and what have you we have now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 come quite a ways in terms of. Uh, how they actually utilize them. So it might start off relatively benign and then they might decide that they're going to lock increasing versions behind the, the paid level of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, if, you, if you're already buying premium time and you're buying premium ships, it's yet one more demand on your money, essentially. I mean, it depends a lot on how much they will charge, what the rewards yeah. are going to be, and how easy it's going to be to level that pass, right? How how much do you actually have to play to complete it? Uh, complete it. There, there are a lot of uh, questions about, you know, that's the other thing, right? We already have, like, premium time. I mean, that's a lot of games have, like, one sort of monthly thing, right? They have premium time or they have a battle pass or they have like you know wargaming really tries to have all the things together and you now have basically premium time the battle pass and then the, the dockyard well the dockyard isn't always there but there is often a dockyard there right so you have like then the free monthly things that you'd be paying for in a sense it's absurd yeah And I think, as always, their argument is going to be, well, you know, it's not necessary for players to play the game. I mean, it's aimed at people that can afford it. But, uh, I mean, kind of run into this this issue previously with things where, you know, you've got one set of pricing for each region, essentially. And uh, it effectively prices some people out of, of... being able to do certain things in the game because you know not not everybody has the same kind of average earnings everywhere sort of thing it was was especially a problem back in the day when they started putting everything in in massively price inflated bundles and it was like massively pricing out anybody that wanted to to buy premium vehicles in uh, places you know, like you know Poland or or uh, Baltic countries or uh, you know, Eastern India. European countries that that the, the, they just it was you know it was utterly unaffordable. That, that reminds me, like they warships used to have like different prices. Uh, was that like two years ago or so? Where there was this new satellite, like yeah, the, where basically what Wargaming has written is so they used to have different pricing in countries like India, and it was a great success, so they stopped. And now they have to pay the same. And that was yeah. literally what they wrote. They, they wrote how great a success it was that they had this pricing and they no longer will be doing it. Without the reason for doing that. it. Yeah. It's such a weird sentence. So yeah, we had great success, so we'll stop doing it. 
it's like in World, in World of Tanks where on the I think it was the Asian server they they did uh, an experiment with plus one minus one matchmaking and it was really popular and then they were just like yeah okay experiment over everyone loved it so now we're going back to plus two minus two so since there is some discussion I might be slightly misremembering but yeah so so there is some discussion in chat about the, the split there has been I think we've talked about yeah, it's hard to find exact. Yeah, there was there was various bits of news about them opening up studios in different countries, and like as far as as we know, um, the 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 sort of business side separation has happened in terms of um, Leicester now running the RU as a area as like a separate game almost um i think it's one of the reasons why we now have um sort of different uh icons and fonts and symbols or changed ones anyway for for the the client and the website would be to um sort of cement that that change basically to differentiate between the you know the everywhere else version and the the russian version yeah. So, so what what we know, like there was this news article about transfers because you can transfer your account from like Russia to Europe, and what they've said here is that they they have achieved complete structural and financial separation. So the way they write it, they are now separate, right? Leicester no longer has anything to do with with our World of Warships. They are now complete different entity because they also said that. Uh, the clients might be worked. There was something uh, further client development is decided separately, meaning that Leicester no longer has anything to say about technically. Uh, they might still be cooperating. We, we don't know. But technically, Leicester has no more say in what happens in our world of warships in Europe, right? This should you know, be a new definition. Obviously, we don't know if they transferred any staff. Just because it's a new company on, on, on paper doesn't mean it's different people. But technically, Leicester is no longer in the picture for us here in Europe. We, we, don't, we don't know how many people moved over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we may learn at some point, but it's, it's kind of like it. Maybe there's tons of information about it in sort of Russian language business publications, but not necessarily that easy to get a hold of for us that don't speak it. Yeah, they are. They seem to be rather tight-lipped about how how this all works. Maybe they will at some point tell us more. Who knows? Um. Yeah, then in, in other news, the, the clan battle season has been uh, announced and in clan yeah, battle season, no aircrafts and submarines. I shall be welcome for, like, as soon as it's going to be the last refuge from from no subs. Um, yeah, there's also going to be a couple of brawls that they've got the rules for there as well. And it All looks right. like they... they and brawls, uh, they banned subs from those brawls too. Maybe, so, I mean, tinfoil hat time. 
maybe the introduction of submarines is purely to to boost the number of people that are playing like clan battles and and brawls and and uh, competitive, you know, air quotes modes, because there's no subs and rarely CVs. I mean, Sally, we are using the word brawl like because wargaming has named them brawls. That might not be as useful dictionary uh, definition, but, you know, if wargaming calls them brawls, we call them brawls, even if they aren't one. Although these ones are like four versus four would qualify as a brawl, I think. I mean, one versus one is more like a duel. And unless you're like really fat, maybe then it's it's a brawl. Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, at least that was like no 12 versus 12 or so announced. And then after that, we have basically uh, Black Friday stuff. So we're getting versions of the Napoli, Kisage, Mainz, Shlakov, and Shinonome at tier six. And I was actually joking, I can't even remember when, but about the, the there being a, a Makarov black uh, at some point. And uh, I mean, I wasn't that far off Shinonome black. I don't imagine there's going to be people rushing to buy the Shinonome, but who knows? Maybe I'm completely wrong. Especially considering you can get the Shinonome for free for for doing one of the campaigns, persuading people to actually then buy another one it seems like a little bit of a tall order to me. But what do I know? I mean, the Shinonome is the perfect uh, in a in a way black marker of right the ship that basically is not that much of a reward, but. You can throw into a crate to dilute the actual ships. I wouldn't be surprised if there is only a Shinonoma Black because it dilutes the actual number of ships that people want. Maybe. I mean, it, to me, it almost seems like they were throwing a, a darts at a dartboard. Uh, <laughs> Of, of tier six premiums to see which one was going to be the tier six Black Friday offering, and it just happened to land on Shinonome. I mean, there's actually some there's some interesting, like in, in terms of even just premiums, like you know, T sixty one, Monahan maybe. Maybe. But... Uh, 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 idle? Hmm? Anyway, yeah, there's certainly more interesting options than, than that, that if they're trying to actually persuade people to buy it. But, uh, yeah. Maybe it's targeted at the market of people who just really, really want it but can't be bothered to do the campaign. Who knows? I mean, so gonna... but we, we get shiny new boxes and the shiny new port. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's the important thing is, is the shiny new loot boxes. 
The uh, the patches actually are not bad. I'm I'm not wild about the the Black Friday versions of the the flags, but um, the, the patches are not bad that 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 come with those. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're going to get the the naval base port is going to have a big set of Black Friday billboards on it. But basically, Cause... they are advertising their own uh, sale import, <laughs> so you can't yeah. run away from it. Just, just in case you don't notice, like the splash screens when you open the game, or the things plastered all over the armory, they're going to plaster adverts all over the port itself as well. Yes. If them a year end, you will have in-game violent battle pop-ups coming to you to advertise. See, that's that's clearly what they've been missing, right? That are in them that they place billboards on the maps, like large. Oh, don't give them ideas. I don't <laughs> want to open my port one day and see like adverts mm. for Coca-Cola plastered all over the billboards in the background. Not just in port, you know, in game, in battle. Uh, and in, in other news, they are introducing the uh, aircraft carrier metal, I mean a spotting metal. <laughs> I mean, it might be quite nice for destroyer players as well, but it does seem quite geared towards aircraft carriers in particular. Yeah, it's, You never it's, know with destroyers. Yeah, basically it's a metal that you get free for free if you play an aircraft carrier and that you have to work for if you play like a destroyer. And basically, you need to do spotting damage of at least 20% of the enemy hit point pool. Yeah, and I think when they say nominal hit points, it means before taking into base. account peels and whatnot. Yeah, but base hit points. Yeah. And you need to also deal 5% of their base hit points in damage. Because clearly, a spot, if you want a spotting medal, you also have to do damage yourself. That's what spotting is all about. Yeah. I mean, it's rather belated that they're adding some kind of acknowledgement of people that manage to do a bunch of spotting. But, of course, these days, it, as an achievement, all it is is a thing that goes in your record and doesn't actually reward you in any way. I mean, I like that there is a spotting achievement, right? There should have been one for a long time. But, yeah, uh, there absolutely should have. But the problem is, first, they would need to scale it differently for carriers, to be fair, because carriers are just going to do all the spotting. And, you know, like, why, why do you have to do damage for a spotting medal yourself? That's not really what spotting is about. But uh, they have immediately designed a unique captain that buffs its aircraft when the carrier gets the spotting medal. Yeah, now this is this is interesting. Uh, it's going to be a Pan-Asian commander. As we all know, Pan-Asian line has so many carriers, <laughs> uh, by which I mean one premium tier 8 carrier. But I don't know. Maybe this is some vague hint that we're going to get a Pan-Asian CV line in future. Oh, I hope not. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, I mean, they do have other skills as well. Uh, yeah. But um, it, is, it is interesting that they're, they're particularly going to 
have a benefit in the CVs because not all the special captains at the moment have um, things that trigger for every class. True. I mean, honestly, this captain is going to be very nice on the, the uh, Pan-Asian DD line because you like you have um, you have the, the spotting thing if you manage to, to activate that. And then you have the, the torpedo active and basically you need to hit six torpedoes and your torpedo speed is increased. And your reload booster consumable time is increased. Um, you even get like one more, like you get one more reload yeah. booster with a uh, with a. Uh, That's not bad. That's definitely not bad. Uh, you also get a reduction of your consumable reload, not a big one, but by getting one point five million potential. I mean, realistically, you're probably going to get that once in a game. Especially considering the Pan-Asian destroyers don't have a heal. Yeah, I mean, not on those, but this is like more for, for the battleships. I mean, there is currently like, what, one, one Pan-Asian battleship or two? And I mean, there is the tier 9 that's planned. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit niche. Uh, I do wonder also who they'll actually pick I mean, there's there's probably several different candidates, um, depending on how far back they want to go, even. Yeah, that's a good question. My historical knowledge is not near enough to, to come up with any names there. I mean, there's that one, uh, oh, I can't remember her name now, but the Chinese Pirate Queen, I think she'd make an amazing commander for all the warships. Sure, why not? I'm, gonna have to, I'm just going to have to look up her name because I cannot remember it at all, but she basically is, you would watch a film with her in it of all the things that she managed to do and be like, nah, that's completely made up. Uh, Zheng Yi Shao, apparently. I'm probably saying that wrong. So, I yeah, mean, she basically became a pirate queen in the South China Sea and was kind of amazing. Sure. Would get my vote. And then basically got to uh, retire and. Um, live out the rest of her days and died at the old age of 68 which is probably a decently old age in the 1800s especially for a pirate <laughs> indeed not, not the healthiest occupation no so anyway yeah she'd be an awesome commander for all of warships is all I'm saying <laughs> But I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, how how would you how would you put her pirate past her, her her pirate skills into the game? I mean, you get to steal like a percentage of the enemy team's 
uh, <laughs> you know, their 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 silver winnings or something like that. Yeah, that's that's clearly what's missing. Like a captain that can plunder other ships. <laughs> Or, you know, you just you pull yep. up alongside an enemy ship and stage a boarding, a boarding action and steal some of their hit points. I mean, clearly boarding actions are something that this game needs, right? Absolutely. Uh, so what I'm still at the bottom of this is just basically a couple of camos, one of which is really nice, but we also don't know how you're going to get it exactly. Yes. Uh, so there is uh, a patch and a perma-camo to do with um, Steam, commemorating five years on Steam, and it's for the KGV, and I personally think it looks really, really nice. It's this kind of... um, It's not quite a smooth gradient. It's like a pointer-list gradient. I don't know what you'd call that, but basically the solid blue then fades into a sort of Mm -hmm. blue and uh, darker blue... And there's some black in there as well, so I, I, I just I, I really like that, and I hope that's not going to be completely exclusive to people who play through Steam. Oh yeah, I also really like the look. I'm just not really ever playing the King George, so awesome. Why, why would you not play the KGV? It's uh, like one of the best battleships at Tier Seven still. Yeah, but you know, you just sit in the back and set stuff on fire. I mean, you can do that. I try and use AP, but, you know, sometimes you have to use the, the HE. Of course, it does have that reputation of, of people playing it that only ever use HE, which is annoyingly entirely viable, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I would totally get that if it was reasonably priced and also available to people not playing I mean, through Steam. If I had this combo, I might play it a bit more often. Let's put it like this. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then to go along with that, there's also an, an expendable camo. I don't know why they went with the expendable, but uh, uh, commemorating five years on the Microsoft PC store, which is, is sort of in the Xbox colors, I guess, the green, black, and white. I have no idea if the Microsoft Store has a certain color scheme. I mean, Microsoft, the kind of corporate color I associate with Microsoft is, is blue. Um, but yeah, that kind of uh, that color combo there very much says to me Xbox, which I guess is kind of like their gaming brand. It's not even just the, um, um, the you know, the sort of, console anymore you 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 go on the pc and you've got the xbox app which is kind of like the mm-hmm. sort of general cross-platform gaming thing that they've got now which i've never actually used on pc i'll be honest i know very little about it and the the windows store i mean i let, just let's know that just... they exist Let's just say whoever designed those camels, they really liked Steam and they were like, yeah, we don't really yeah. like Microsoft. Yeah, they, they kind of put their best person on Steam and then for Microsoft, they were just like, yeah, it's fine. Let's just, just slap some colors Let's just together. do something. It's going to be expandable too. Oh, 
I mean, this, I think, mostly concludes the dev blocks. There is another one about changes to test chips, but once again, they're test chips, so... Yeah. It's not really all that exciting. Mostly the Japanese light cruisers, which is kind of hard to tell. Yeah, they they seem to nerfing the range uh, again, so apparently they seem to be overperforming, I guess. There are a couple of uh, news articles we could also mention, so... uh... Yes. There is the latest Lighthouse, which is actually including the Tier 7 Belfast. You know, the most uh, amusing thing about the, the Lighthouse auction is that one of the lots, like the, the flag, is paid by with premium Oh, time. yes, like this you... is the other notable thing. You can actually pay using premium days as, so... as a currency. We've arrived at a point where basically you can use premium days as a currency. Indeed. Um, they're also letting you bid credits on the upcoming two super ships, Dalana and uh, Klauschewitz, which, okay, that's fine. That's fair enough credits. Um, but yeah, Bel- Belfast is probably the headline. That's going to get most people's attention because it's Belfast. So I expect Tier 7 might be a little unplayable for the next week or two while everyone will taking out their new Belfasts. Isn't, isn't uh, one of the ranked at Tier 7? Coincidentally. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe that's no coincidence. Sell the Belfast ahead of a ranked season at Tier 7. And it starts at 15,000 doubloons, which is very yeah. pricey for a Tier 7 ship. Yes, so- especially for a Tier 7 cruiser. You know, when, when Wargaming started with the auctions, it, it was clear that they are going to bring out the, the rare ships to milk the player base, and that's exactly what Wargaming is doing. Yes. On a, like the, the most reasonable of those auctions is probably the coal, because you can uh credits on the coal. So if you have too much credits and not enough coal, yeah, try to yeah get some. I, I think. So, I mean, it's that one's not bad. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to be wildly enthusiastic about the uh, the Belfast being back, but it's not wholly bad, I suppose. So, yeah. So I don't. I don't think the rules are any different than than they have been previously. Um. The ships do come with commanders, so that's nice. I, I don't know. I, the, the flag is a bit of an odd one. The flag feels like a bit of a test balloon, being able to bid premium days for and for I, uh, for a commemorative flag that doesn't have any bonuses or anything. It feels. I a mean, bit, I, I don't know. I think they're just testing the viability of are people actually going to bid their premium days. I mean, somebody mentioned that now after all the super containers, some people might have too much premium time and Wargaming wants to reduce that. <laughs> I think they <laughs> are like they, they aren't losing anything by giving away this flag and they can remove premium time from people's accounts in a sense so that yeah. people might pay for more premium time. Also, you know, I find it interesting that Belfast comes with a 10 skill point captain and the, the super ships come with an 11 skill point captain. I mean, I guess they're tier 
ten slash eleven, but um, yeah, well, Belfast is just seven. Doesn't come yeah. with a seven point. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's running at the moment. Um, the other thing that's worth mentioning is the Alvaro de Bazan uh, is now available for coal. And they're also selling the Toulon. And I saw one of these last week, and I did not recognize it at all. And apparently it's been on sale at some point in the past, and I completely do not remember it. But now it's on sale again. So it's a Tier 7 heavy cruiser uh, with an all-forward battery. And if the name Toulon didn't give it away, it's it's French. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like. I did not even remember it existed up until last week. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, who knows? But, uh, and buy a Toulon, I guess. Or an uh, Alvaro, if you're so inclined. It's nice to see a steady stream of coal ships coming out, I have to say. The coal ships are always nice. You know, I haven't actually looked at, at the, the stats of the Alvaro. I'm, I might have to look up some reviews and then decide if that's something I want. Well, I, I don't. currently don't even have remotely enough coal to get it. So I, I literally just, I was grinding to get the coal to get the Iwami, and I literally just bought the Iwami, and then this comes out. <laughs> so. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's something to save the coal up for, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't think I have a coupon, uh, coupon right now, so I might wait anyway. I mean, again, probably not a coincidence that there's the the uh the one of the things for the lighthouse auction is a big coal. sack of coal <laughs> at the same time a new coal ship comes out um there's also um a current thing that anyone can take part in um to get a perma economic booster uh, which basically you just click on the thing in the article and then use expendable camos in game, like go, go into battle with the expendable camos on. And the more you use, the better your chances are. So go click that, I suppose you might as well. True. So yeah, they're giving away uh, the price pool is going to be fifty tier ten. 50 tier 9, 50 tier 8, 50 tier 7. So 50 for, for 10 to 7, basically. Um, economic booster. So that's 200 in total. Uh, and then also there's going to be some packs of uh, rare and special expendable boosters or bonuses. So, you know, again, an encouragement to get people to play the game a bunch, but but to have a chance of, of uh, getting a booster for a ship is yeah. uh, not bad. I mean, I, I wonder if they want to encourage people to try out the 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 camels, because, you know, once once you 
if if you have uh, a chance to win something, then people are more likely to put on a camel, and then they might like the looks of it and use more of them on yeah. other ships. It's also a way of nudging people to remember that you know that that separation has taken place, and you can now paint a ship. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know if it'd be interesting to know what the sales have been like actually of of now that they've split them perma camos versus uh, the permanent econ bonuses because I know personally you know most of the ships uh, that I really already liked playing a fair bit they already had. Uh, perma camos that of course were then grandfathered mm -hmm. in with the econ bonus yeah but so you know I, I, don't, I don't have any i've not had a need to buy any any since but uh yeah no no but i've started using now expandable camos on those ships because i mean the the, the standard premium camo is often quite bland so... yeah i've done it on a couple of ships myself as well use some of the the expendable ones i, I quite like the jutland camo in particular, but also some of the solid color camos are quite nice. Yeah. There are quite a few nice ones. Actually, there was also a note on that previous, um, the last dev blog article about the, uh, it, you know, talking of, of expendable camos. Um, currently, you go down to the bottom section and it, it says special. So you've got all the ones that you can replenish for credits mm -hmm. and then special ones you can't replenish. Uh, so they're going to split that into two separate categories for some reason. Not entirely sure why, but I'm sure there's some. I mean, maybe maybe it. people were confused, and they just clicked one, and then they ran out, and they were sad because they thought they could replenish it. Perhaps. I don't know if there's any in there that I would desperately want to be able to. I think they had some cool ones, but I'm I'd have to bring a look through them over. Okay, the black and red Azur Lane Siren camo is not bad. Uh, but I don't know if I'm desperately wild about the look of any of the others. Oh, I mean, Desperate would be stronger. Well, there's already a steam expendable camo, so maybe that's why they're doing a perma camo for the KGV, because they've already got a, an expendable camo. Is it the same? Uh, it looks different. It's um, light blue, black and white. Okay. Yeah, I... I think that's about been it with the news. I don't think there's really much else to talk about. Uh, I may have seen something on the subreddit, but I honestly can't remember if I'm... Uh, oh, yeah, there was something about a change to Cunningham, but... That might be going back a ways. Uh, that was in the, the, the 
mean, we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I think we did talk about things. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why someone's yeah. then made topic about it. I, I knew something had caught my eye, but then, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's already been mentioned, hasn't it? Um, yeah, so I think I think that is that is us done then for for this evening. So um, we'll I guess we'll see whatever news happens in the meantime. But we'll return next week and we'll go over the new ships again, but with more of a historical context in mind. Yes, with Jacques as a guest, and I'm I'm sure we can get him to say some things about the K twenty five cruisers at the very least. So, uh, yeah, you have that to look forward to for next week. And for this week, it's uh, good night for us. Bye, everyone. Bye.